0: Want to get in touch with us? Give us a call at 202-810-KISS. Remember to give us permission to play your message on the show. Eroticism is important. It influences and energizes our entire human experience. Eroticism isn't sex. It's sexuality transformed by our imaginations. We encourage lurid listeners to cultivate eroticism, to play with it, smack it, and rub it down. We want you to enjoy yourselves, your partners, and your sexuality. You are entitled to your sexual self.
1: This show is for adults only and contains erotic stories that sometimes feature provocative characters and intense themes and situations, spanning many literary genres including action adventure, science fiction, romance, horror, fantasy, and paranormal. Please listen responsibly.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Hey, lurid listeners, welcome back to the Kiss Me Quick's Erotica Podcast. I am your host, Rose Caraway, and joining me in the studio is Big Daddy, Dave Caraway. Say hey, Big Daddy.
1: What up, what up, what up?
0: We've both been sipping on coffee and I'm trying to not be all, you know, Java, 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 (laughs) Java, 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 Java. Java. (laughs) It's like late in the day. What time is it? It's almost three. Well, we shouldn't say what time it is so that people don't know. But yeah, it's too late to be drinking coffee, but I needed it.
1: You were up late last night.
0: I only, I'm working on four hours of sleep. I got caught up in watching that friggin' Love is Blind show.
1: <laughs> I watched it with you. I, I thought it was pretty fun.
0: Yeah. I, I don't won't. normally go for
1: that kind of thing, but that was fun.
0: <laughs> Me neither, to be clear. And I went way farther than you did whenever you left the bedroom. So <laughs> I had work to do. <laughs> I may be fighting a little shame this morning. Of like, Aww. oh my God. No. It was. It's just fascinating. It's a little, you know, like that instant gratification, like you get this weird fix from watching reality TV, you know, like, oh, my God. Like, it's so easy to make fun of people, but I didn't want to make fun of anyone. But I just was like, man, there's a lot of backwards people
1: out there. (laughs) Just keep in mind that they were chosen for that reason. They were chosen to be that way.
0: I'm assuming they were vetted for yes. re, for whatever the show's reasons were. Yeah, um, but I I really do like that idea. The concept is fascinating to me, and that's uh, why I hung in there as long as I did till like literally the end. So
1: <laughs> I got an idea for us <laughs> to meet through a wall.
0: Oh, oh, <laughs> let me guess. <laughs> <laughs> There's a hole about hip level. <laughs> Sounds That's good. my reality show.
1: This is how you meet your partner.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, well, hey, you guys, what's been going on with you? We hope you're doing well. Um, Big Daddy and I are doing great. We're still celebrating. We're still in the throes of Valentine's Day. What about you guys? Exactly. Have you held up your end of the deal? Are you still being sexy and erotic and you know just oozing adoration? toward your partner or even yourself are you still doing that you should be you should be trying like you know little goes a long way it friggin does like I on this show love is blind you know you I remember once threw rose petals on the floor and then on the bed and I just thought well that's really nice that's really cool I love that and it was a very sweet moment
1: (laughs) yeah I've been thinking man I gotta do that again like that show was like oh yeah I gotta I could be doing better in Some of that, and yeah, obviously, yeah. the show is fake and set up and you know, full of money, so they can just throw all kinds of you know, doodads and trips and helicopter rides. And <laughs> yeah. I, you know, we can't do that.
0: <laughs> Wait, I'll give you, <laughs> we've got our cans, we could can pretend we're on a helicopter, <laughs> but it does make me go, Yeah, I, I, I
1: could improve over here on this little thing here that you know, like you know, yeah. rose petals on the on the floor doesn't cost much I can do that it
0: literally costs nothing I have roses growing like I could do it too (laughs) yeah it does it does give you a little oh you know they're so sweet and it does give you good feels um but yeah (laughs) there's a little shame in watching that like it's not trash it's not real it's 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 all set
1: up in bullshit (laughs) like that's that's the crappy part of it but There was some kernels of it that was good, that Mm -hmm. I I thought was interesting. The wall, you know, really getting to know someone before you got to see them, I think is a very interesting hook.
0: Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Um, well, so we, since we are still celebrating, you know, love, love is still in the air for us here. We're we're now in March, getting ready for, we're not be wearing any Ides of March, but hopefully you'll get lucky this month.
1: Beware of what's in my pants yeah. in March.
0: Um, so I just want to carry on with what we have been doing, and that is talking to Dr. Marty Klein with regards to, you know how do we do this thing successfully? You know, we've been married for a while now and we're still like, you you grow together and there are still things that everybody has to work on and there's still feelings that maybe take a long time to come out, for example, some shame that you might have about something way back when or recently or whatever, but... Um,
1: I think what Marty's going to say is, you know, talking about shame is universal and it's part of life. Mm-hmm. So how do you handle that?
0: Yeah. Well, here's here's what Dr. Klein had to say about shame.
2: If we think of shame as a universal experience, which it is, if I say to you, I feel ashamed about X and I don't tell you what X is. In fact, I really mean literally X. If I say, you know, um, there's something I want to share with you. Let's just call it X. But, you know, I'm ashamed. I really don't think it's terribly attractive. And. I think a lot of people would feel uh, repulsed by it. And, you know, I just, I just feel, and I've felt ashamed about this thing for a long time. And I don't tell you what it is. Do you think that you could accept me despite this shameful thing about me? I think in a lot of relationships, the answer would be yes. Shame tends to fill up our vision so much that we lose sight of ourselves. The important way to deal with shame is to realize that you're bigger than it. You're bigger than whatever it is you feel ashamed about. That's really the key to overcoming shame. This thing about me is not me. This thing I did, this thing I I look like, this thing I feel, this thing I think, it's not me, I'm bigger than it. I would like a partner to be able to say to me, I don't know what that thing is. I'm willing to talk about whatever that thing is, but I don't need to know what that thing is to know that I accept you. I'm not going to promise I'm going to like this thing. I'm not going to promise I approve of this thing. I'm not going to promise that I think this thing is pretty, but I believe that you're bigger than this thing.
0: Alright, well what'd you think? What do you think about fantastic Dr. Marty Klein's words of knowledge?
1: <laughs> that was a funny way of
0: saying it. words of words of wisdom. His words of wisdom. Like he says things so well. I wish like I wish I could do that.
1: Well you do. Just have- not you're not a you're not a, a doctor in <laughs> in psychology. Like there's Yeah. <laughs> that's just not your bag, baby. Yeah. Uh. I thought it was actually a really good point. I really like the idea of that. This is a universal experience, and everyone's feeling it on some level about something. So he's not sitting here saying, "Forget shame, throw it out the window." It's not. It's completely, you know, pointless or whatever. He's just saying, "Accept this. Accept this as part of your experience." And I just
0: think that was uh,
1: that was interesting.
0: And that you are bigger than this. Emotion, right. which you know, you're allowed to have these emotions. We don't want to eliminate emotions from things, but if they're preventing something, then you know, I, I really liked the idea, and I was writing this down um, that you give your partner a chance to actually accept something because um, assumptions can eliminate opportunities for actually really good communication and openness and acceptance and it's really hard if we've got this idea that well he's gonna think this and so i can't possibly talk about it because i don't want to be on the other side of whatever he's maybe gonna say like it doesn't allow for your partner to get the choice Mm -hmm. to you know, prove that they're stronger than maybe you're thinking.
1: Yeah, I think that's an excellent point.
0: Yeah. So the point of the moral of the story is don't not talk. Like you have to talk. You have to do these things. You have to communicate. You got to figure it out. So we encourage you to to do that. We've got your backs. You can do it. And we love you. So go for it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we've got a fantastic story for you if you need to have your ego bol- bolstered before you get into anything deep. you know um this story's titled bitch and boy <laughs> i can we put that title out we may there? Have, we to have to augment
1: the i in there i chances are yes but mm-hmm. i'm i'm not going to you know people are so by people i mean like itunes and yeah Google, and, like, everybody's so sensitive all of a sudden.
0: They're so sensitive. Everybody's so sensitive. (laughs) It's just a word. It's just a title. (laughs) Uh, So this story, Bitch, is um, kind of emotionally driven uh, and not exactly the best way. Like, we've all had a bad freaking day at work. And then, you know, for women especially, like, man, I have always hated to be called a bitch. It's just... Like, almost cunt is better because it's <laughs> like, is it that's though, right, really? don't fuck with me because this cunt will get you. <laughs> but yeah. like, bitch is like, it's just, I don't know. It's like mean. It's mean in a different, like, I don't give a shit. I don't, really, I don't even know. Like, I don't like it.
1: <laughs> I think like a lot of words, context is everything, yeah. you know? Like, sometimes bitch means friend.
0: Well, What's up, bitch? Yeah. You know. and, but boss bitch. like No woman wants to be known as the boss bitch.
1: Oh, I guarantee you there's women that well, want to be known <laughs> as boss in, bitch. In the, in,
0: the, in the worst way possible, right? Yes, obviously, if it works out <laughs> that it makes you feel good, then go for it. But it's hard when you got a hard day at work and you've got these, this aggro blood running through your veins. And then you come home and like the opening of this story is like, Mmm, I smell like marinara sauce cooking and pasta cooking. And you're like, fuck, I'm not in the mood for this. I just want to get drunk and, like, eat shit and go to bed. And but, watch
1: reality shows. And watch
0: reality shows, right? But, you know, I we, we chose this story because it, it turns around quite nicely. Uh, it redirects that energy very, very well. We think Inga Gardner freaking nailed it on this one
1: my two cents of why i wanted to do this story was was because of you know we're talking about shame with marty klein and i think for a man, speaking as a man you know this guy wants to be treated like a tool and i think for men that can create shame that they have that impulse and i i think it's important to for us men and women of course to to let that shit go yeah and just accept this is part of who you are, mm-hmm. but it's not the totality of who you are.
0: Right. Yeah. It doesn't define your masculinity. Yeah. Um. Or or it can. Like, how strong is that for a man to say, "Please, I just tell me what the fuck to do, and don't be nice about it."
1: There's a lot of us that are like yeah. that. There's a <laughs> lot of men like that.
0: <laughs> and so, speaking of speaking of which, I think I think we should um, get to it. Yeah, it's time. So here is, bitch, written by inga gardner and is brought to you by best women's erotica of the year volume 7. Jessica smelled tomatoes the moment she stepped into the house. Also garlic, olive oil, and basil. From the kitchen came the sounds of cooking, and there was soft jazz playing. Jessica stood in the front hallway and blew out a breath, fighting the urge to turn and walk right back out the door. This is not what I want, she thought as she dropped her bag. What she wanted was to fill her largest wine glass to the brim with cheap Shiraz and grab the package of Oreos stashed behind the paper towels in the hall closet. She wanted to take it all up to her bedroom and strip off her work clothes, which were both unsexy and uncomfortable, as office-appropriate attire for women often seemed to be. She wanted to slide under the covers wearing only her fuzzy bathrobe and watch garbage reality shows while drinking wine and eating Oreos, crumbs be damned, until she was numbed enough to fall asleep. And she wanted to do it alone. But, of course, homemade red sauce meant that wasn't going to happen. Motherfucker. That you, babe? Chris called from the kitchen. Jessica barely contained an irritated groan, but Chris didn't deserve to bear the brunt of her, call it, a mood. So she cleared her throat, pasted on a neutral smile, and said, Yeah, it's me. She kicked off her shoes, then, reminding herself to keep that rictus smile in place, she went into the kitchen. Chris, her husband of almost 18 years, was standing with his back to her, checking the contents of a pot from which steam billowed. He was wearing a pair of blue sweatpants and a gray t-shirt. He'd showered, too, judging by the damp ends of his dark hair. If she were in a better mood, she might have said he looked good, all broad shoulders, long legs, and a high, tight ass. Alas, She was not in a better mood. "'Where are the kids?' she asked. Chris replaced the cover on the pot and turned around. There was an open bottle of wine sitting on the counter with two glasses. He smiled at her as he picked up the bottle and one of the glasses. Sleepovers, all three of them. He winked at her as he began to pour. "'Looks like it's just me and you tonight.' He handed her the glass. She knew she should smile, say something flirty back— But all she wanted was to throw her glass against the wall and scream. She opted for taking a healthy swallow of wine instead. Dinner's ready, he said after checking the food one more time. Why don't you have a seat? He nodded toward the kitchen table. Jessica pulled out a chair and sat stiffly while he started putting food on plates. She stared at the table in front of her, at the wine glass. God, she hated this, the way it seemed like she was always just a pressure cooker of bad feelings these days. She hated being unable to enjoy good things, like the husband she adored planning a romantic evening. But there was all this guilt that she wasn't a good enough mother, wife, daughter, employee. There was frustration that she could never seem to get ahead of anything there was sorrow and exhaustion, and sometimes shame. And always underneath it all, threatening to consume her and everything else, there was this inexplicable, simmering rage. Jessica raised her glass to her lips and took two more long swallows. No, actually, the rage wasn't inexplicable at all. Her fury was, she thought, perfectly rational. It came from smiling placidly while her boss dumped ever more of his own assignments on her. It came from the way her brother saw nothing wrong with expecting her to take care of their parents as they aged. It came from dealing with customers every day who seemed determined to test the boundaries of the customer is always right and Jessica's sanity. It came from pretending that she didn't know her direct reports sometimes referred to her as That bitch. She stared down at the pasta Chris slid in front of her. She was 41 years old. Was this what life was? Just swallowing shit sandwich after shit sandwich and never being able to say how angry you were about it? Never being able to fight back? She spent so much energy pasting stupid, bland smiles on her face because if she let that mad out, even a little, then she was a bitch, maybe a cunt. Did no one else feel furious about that? Parmesan, Chris said suddenly, thrusting the plastic container of grated cheese in front of her. And just like that, the seething bitch inside of Jessica slipped her leash and Jessica lost her control. No, I fucking don't. She snapped as she backhanded, literally backhanded, the container out of Chris's grasp. Shame washed over her immediately. I, Chris, I'm sorry, I don't. She started, but then looked up at him and stopped. She'd expected to see him staring at her with shock and horror, but he wasn't. He wasn't watching her at all. Instead, his dark head was bowed slightly, his gaze downcast, his hands clasped loosely in front of him. What would you like? he asked. His voice was softer and yet deeper than usual. Something about the odd timber made her shiver. She opened her mouth, but nothing came out, so she closed it again. It occurred to her that he wasn't Cowering from her, regardless of her uncalled for violence. In fact, despite the loose grip of his hands and his lowered eyes, there was a tension to the line of his shoulders and the way he was holding his arms and perhaps the muscles of his belly. And she expelled a breath when her gaze reached the front of his sweatpants and she realized that his dick was half hard. What the fuck was happening? Whatever it was, it was thrilling she must have stayed silent too long because suddenly he sighed and his body relaxed his expression turned rueful and he chuckled softly never mind he muttered she wasn't sure if he was saying it to her or to himself let's just wait she blurted and then entirely on instinct she said don't fucking move he didn't fucking move In fact, she was pretty sure he was holding his breath. Heart pounding, she said experimentally, Get on your knees. Slowly, slowly he dropped to his knees in front of her. Then he bowed his head and rested his hands to his thighs. Oh, she thought, and it was suddenly a little hard to breathe. Take off your shirt, she snapped. Faster than anyone in this house had ever done anything the first time she asked, Chris reached back and pulled his T-shirt over his head, tossing it to the side before he lowered his gaze again, looking somewhere at the floor between her feet. The muscles of his shoulders rippled. His chest heaved. Jessica's mouth went dry. She swallowed thickly. What are we doing? She finally whispered. Whatever you want, ma'am he said, his voice silky and submissive, full of promise. If you'd asked her this morning whether that was something that turned her on, she'd have said no. In fact, she'd have said that she preferred the opposite. And yet, the way he said that word, ma'am, made her pussy throb once unexpectedly. Still, she didn't know this game, didn't know the rules— and that wasn't entirely a comfortable feeling. So, she said slowly, you want me to yell at you? His cheeks colored above his beard. I guess I kind of want you to use me? He looked up at her. You know, be kind of mean. Tell me I have to do whatever you want. Tell me I'm not allowed to come. Be a, he trailed off. Bitch, she suggested. He nodded. Jessica blew out a breath. Here was her big, handsome husband, kneeling in front of her as though he was about to service her. And he wanted her to be mean to him. That she could definitely do. One thing was certain, the next time she touched herself, she would be thinking about a man on his knees. Okay, she said. He grinned, surprised, and delighted. Really? Yeah, she said. We probably need a safe word. His gaze slid around the room before coming to rest on her. The corner of his mouth kicked up. How about marinara? Okay. Jessica had about a thousand questions. How long had he been into this? What exactly was this? Why hadn't he ever said anything? But they could all wait, because the bitch inside of her was restless, pacing, hungry for release. And tonight, she wasn't going to be denied. Jessica let her body go loose until she was sitting in a splay-legged, almost masculine pose, a power pose. She tipped her head back and let her lips curl up into a half sneer, the kind of expression she realized she spent most of her life suppressing. It felt good. It felt right. Stand up. Take off your pants. Chris stood a little unsteadily, and his hands trembled as he slipped his thumbs under the waistband of his sweatpants and slowly lowered them down. He stepped out of them, and then he was standing in front of her completely naked. He kept his arms at his sides and his eyes downcast, but his breath was shallow. His cock was fully erect, straining toward his navel. She let the silence stretch. It was fascinating the way that the tension in his body seemed to grow as the seconds ticked past. Chris was not generally a fidgeter, but as time went by, there were subtle movements. His bicep flexed, His fingers twitched. He bit his lip. He shifted his weight. Should I? He started. No. His dick, rising out of its nest, of course. Curly hair, jumped. The head flushed redder. A giddy kind of joy bubbled up in Jessica, but she hid it. She rolled her shoulders and then her neck, feeling like she'd dropped a giant weight at some point in the last few minutes. She folded her arms and pressed her lips into a hard line. Go upstairs and lay on the bed. On your back, he shivered. Yes, ma'am. And don't fucking touch yourself, she said over her shoulder as he walked by her. She listened to his footsteps move quickly across the kitchen floor. Then the stairs of the old house groaned as he went up. She heard the bedroom door squeak on its hinges, followed by the subtle rustle of the sheets being pulled back. The bed creaked, and then the sounds stopped. Jessica took her time getting undressed. She carefully, deliberately undid the buttons of her blouse and thought about making him lick her nipples until she was slick down her thighs. She undid her pants and stripped them off, thinking about grinding her clit against his hairy leg, making him lie there while she ignored him and his dick. She removed her bra and underwear and her sheer knee-high socks, leaving everything on the kitchen chair before strolling down the hall and up the stairs. When she got to the bedroom, he was lying motionless on the bed, his head on the pillow, His hands were fisted at his sides. His eyes were closed, and his expression under his dark beard was drawn tight, his full lips pressed into a hard line. He was still so sexy after all these years. Other women flirted with him, probably envied her, likely wondered how someone who looked like a middle-aged mom had snagged this tall, fit man. She let her gaze drift down his body. Would they envy her now? with that muscular body laid out on the bed, patiently waiting for her to use it however she wanted. If they wouldn't, they were idiots. She pushed off from where she'd been leaning against the doorframe, and he opened his eyes. He watched her, his gaze sleepy with arousal, as she strolled across the room. You are so beautiful, he said, his tone low and dark. Funny. Normally, when he said that to her, it made her feel awkward. She never knew whether to believe he meant it, and she never knew how to respond. Tonight, that wasn't a problem. Stop talking, she said. His mouth snapped shut. So, she said, putting a knee on the bed, you want to be used? His only answer was to suck his lower lip into his mouth. All right, then. She moved forward on her knees. His Adam's apple bobbed as he swallowed hard. Grabbing the headboard, she planted one knee next to his ear. Yes, he growled as she brought her other leg across him so that her vulva, throbbing and hot and slick, was directly over his face. Shut up, she said, and then without waiting for any response or permission, she pressed her pussy to his mouth. Oh, fuck yes. She ground down, felt him struggle to catch up. He opened his mouth, his tongue slipping out to split her sex, find her clit, and press hard against it. Of all the possible ways to have sex, and in the decades they'd been together, she and Chris had tried them all. Sitting on his face had always been her favorite. Normally, though, she felt like she really ought to wait for an invitation, at least ask permission. Screw that, though. Let him use his safe word if he didn't want this. She dropped her head back with a groan and swirled her hips in a tiny circle, the pressure exactly what she needed. When she did it again, a little harder this time, Chris moaned, and his hands came up to grip her bottom the way he knew she liked. His tongue swirled when she leaned back to grind the opening of her vagina on his hairy chin. His hands urged her on, but she didn't need the encouragement. She was rolling her hips faster and faster as the pressure built. She could hear him growling and groaning each time she ground down on him, his hands squeezing, pulling the cheeks of her ass apart and pressing them back together. She was nearly mindless with pleasure, though, wave after wave of it breaking over her as she closed in on climax. She dropped one hand to Chris's head, and he moaned as she held him in place with a firm grip on his hair. She was close. She was so close. Her hips were moving on their own. Tiny little motions that brushed the shaft of her clit against his upper lip, against his teeth, exactly where she needed it. There was no subtlety guiding him where she wanted him to go. No hoping that he'd managed to stroke her the way she wanted. No trying to find the right way to say what she needed. She was just taking what she wanted. And it was glorious. She rocked harder, and he squeezed her hips, and still the climax built and built. Her pussy was clenching, her legs trembling, and she had to hold on to both the headboard and his head for support. When it finally did crest, Jessica felt as though she might actually explode. Her body curled in on itself, her legs snapping together against his head. He probably couldn't breathe, but she was too busy riding a wave of outrageous pleasure to care. She kept her clip pressed against him, kept him trapped there beneath her, while her pussy clenched on itself, and she screamed. When she finally flopped off him onto the bed, they were both breathing heavily. He lifted one hand to wipe his mouth, and she could see his beard glistening with wetness. Chris rolled his head to the side, giving her his usual easy smile. Fuck, I thought you were going to kill me for a second there, he said with a chuckle. Jess narrowed her eyes, arranged her features into a sneer again, and said in her tightest, bitchiest tone, Did I say you could start talking again? Chris's breath hitched, and he dropped his gaze. It was fascinating that he could manage to look both aroused and chastened at the same time. At some point in the future, she'd have to examine why she liked that so much. No, ma'am, he said. Good. She threw her leg over him so that she was straddling his hips, her sacks hovering just above his cock. Grab the headboard. His arms immediately flew up, his hands gripping the slats of their bed, making his thick biceps bunch. She imagined handcuffing him to those slats and had to suppress a groan. She brushed her labia against the underside of his dick, where it was lying against his belly, and he flinched. The wood of the bed groaned as he gripped it tighter. She did it again and then again, enjoying his response each time, the way his biceps and chest flexed, the way his stomach twitched. It was dizzying, being given this kind of freedom to torment a person. She kept her expression a bitchy mask, but inside she was grinning. Pretty soon, though, the brushing sensation wasn't enough. She needed more, and because this was her game, she got to take it. She ground down on the thick, hard erection beneath her, letting it split her open again. She sat herself firmly on his dick and then slid forward so the whole length of him rubbed against her clit and her opening. Fuck, Jess, he said as she did it again. She slipped a hand between his belly and his cock, holding it in place as she began to slide forward and back, harder now, coating it in her silky moisture. With every slide, the veins and head of his penis stroked her clitoris. She used her hand to give herself a little more leverage. Christ, he ground out, his eyes closed, his head thrown back. Don't come, she said as she rolled her hips. "'another dizzying wave of pleasure crashed over her "'while his shaft hit several wonderful places at once. "'He shook his head emphatically, "'groaning as she brought her hips forward "'and circled them at the head, "'letting the flared edge rub around the edge of her clit. "'She had just enough conscious brain space left, however, "'to know that regardless of how firmly he shook his head, "'regardless of how much she could tell "'he was trying to hold his own orgasm off, "'he wasn't going to lie.' Last, from the way his hips were rocking and tiny unconscious thrusts, and the way his dick was swelling even harder in her hand, she knew he would come if they kept going like this. Fuck that! With one last sweep of her pussy up his cock and over the head, she lifted up. No! He bellowed as she climbed off of him. She leaned forward so her lips were right next to his ear. "You were going to come," she hissed. He shook his head. No, I wasn't. I won't. His knuckles had turned white. He was gripping the headboard so hard. Don't lie to me. You know you were. Fucking unbelievable, she spat. She had to turn her head away to hide her smile. This was the most fun she'd had in a long time. I won't. Jess, I won't. Please, he begged. She flopped over onto her back and sighed with princessy petulance. Make it up to me, she said, letting her legs drop wide. He was on her in a flash, his mouth back to licking and sucking. Without opening her eyes, she reached into the drawer in her nightstand and felt around until she found the smooth length of her vibrator. She tossed it to him. Use this, she said. Your mouth, too. He grunted against her, but he did as he was told. So Jessica lay there as he penetrated her with the buzzing vibrator and continued stroking her with the flat of his tongue. Her body clenched against the silicone toy, the relief of being able to grip something profound. Sweat broke out along her hairline and between her breasts as all of her awareness narrowed down to the tiny muscles and nerves of her sex. She came again, this time soaking herself and Chris and the bed as she did. When she peeled her eyelids open, she found Chris kneeling between her splayed legs, his breathing still labored, his gaze lowered submissively. He remained silent. Learned his lesson, she thought, with bizarre and savage satisfaction. And his deck. That was still on high alert, flushed, almost purple, bigger and harder than she'd seen it in, ever. The sight of it, the knowledge of how much this turned him on, had her post-orgasmic languor evaporating, and she was ready for more. She rolled over and got onto her hands and knees, her back to him. Shooting him a sharp glance over her shoulder, she said, Fuck me like this, and make me feel good. Then you can come. He shuffled forward, positioning himself at her entrance. What are you waiting for? She snapped. I'm tired. Let's get moving. His eyes flared with humiliation and arousal just before he thrust forward. She was so slick that even with his already sizable cock swelled even larger than usual, he slid right in. He pulled back and then slid forward again. Fuck! She breathed as the ridge of his cockhead hit all sorts of nerve endings inside of her. As he labored behind her, grunting and cursing under his breath, she thought how strange it was that she felt so powerful, so free. This was a position she'd always thought of as submissive, but she felt completely in control. "'Harder,' she said, and now he was slamming into her so hard that their flesh meeting sounded like a slap.' It was raw, animalistic. It was perfect. Fuck, yes, just like that, she said. Something dripped onto her back, and she was pretty sure it was sweat from his brow. Everything inside of her was so swollen and aroused, she wasn't sure she was going to be able to come again. It felt so good, though. She wasn't sure she cared. I should tie you to a chair, she said. You could struggle, try to fight it. It was just stream of consciousness rambling, but it was making her pussy clench hard, and he groaned something that sounded like, yes, behind her. But I'd just ride you like my own personal fuck toy, because that's what you are, right? My own personal fuck toy. God, yes, he grunted behind her. Just for me to use however I fucking want. However you want, he echoed, his rhythm starting to become uneven. He was close. Two more thrusts, and, astonishingly, she was there, too, passing the point of no return and barreling toward yet another climax. Come, she gritted out, the sound broken and barely intelligible. Come inside me. He thrust deep and roared her name. His orgasm seemed to go on and on forever, the pulsing of his cock inside her triggering her own spasms. She was soaring, almost out of her mind with pleasure. She was so light, she could have been a feather. As she collapsed onto the bed, Chris on top of her, his penis still buried deep inside of her, She felt cleaned out. Her rage, the normal, simmering fury, was just gone. She knew all the irritations of life were still there, would be just waiting to piss her off again, but the boiling cauldron of frustration and anger that usually lived in her gut had vanished, like steam after a release valve opens. Eventually, Chris rolled off of her, sighing contentedly. She rolled onto her back, trying to get her heart rate under control. She opened her eyes, and their gazes met. They both burst into hysterical giggles. So, she said when they finally got themselves under control. Bitchiness, huh? He chuckled. She cleared her throat. Is it? Is it because I've been such an epic bitch lately? He blinked a couple of times and then snorted. No. Were you worried about that? A little, she shrugged. He slipped an arm around her and pulled her closer to him, a maneuver they'd done approximately a million times in the course of their life together, and it was almost overwhelmingly comforting. Nah, he said, giving her a small squeeze. It's just, I don't know, everybody likes being treated like a piece of meat sometimes, right? To be the instrument of someone else's pleasure? And maybe it's kind of hot if they sort of resent you for how much they want it? He shrugged. She supposed that made sense. Did you, did you have fun? Her turn to chuckle. Oh my God, yes. Good, he said. We should probably take a shower. And strip this bed. She moved her leg off the frankly impressive wet spot she'd made. Dinner is still downstairs, he said. She hummed. It smelled great, but I'm not sure I'm up for a full pasta dinner wine for supper? He asked with a grin. Sure, I might know where there's a package of Oreos in this house, too. He cocked an eyebrow at her. Well, aren't you just full of surprises? Jessica just smiled. Stupid fish. Bully, don't leave me now, I'm on
2: my own. There's nobody here but you. I'm all alone. You can call me names and take my pride. You can leave me hanging crucified,
0: but please don't walk away before I die. Alright, you guys, we hope you enjoyed today's story. That was bitch written by Inga Gardner. I mean, the 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 title just rolls off of the through the lips and off the tongue so well. Like it's a great word. But don't call me a bitch unless it's you know for a sexy reason. Anyway, bitch by Inga Gardner. Go ahead, please do follow Inga on Twitter at Inga the Writer. If you aren't following us on Twitter already, do so right now at the KMQ so that you don't miss out on any of our audiobook giveaways. If you want more sexy stories and would like to support the show, Big Daddy's flexing at me right now. <laughs> Go to Amazon, iTunes or Audible and search Rose Caraway. Remember to leave us a sexy review so that more lurid listeners just like you can find us. Audio production by Big Daddy, Dave Carraway.
1: The KMQ would like to thank the following musical artists. Flezlit, Nylor, and the feature credit song, Bully, by Josh Woodward. The KMQ introduction music by Vyvich.
0: The Kiss Me Quick's Erotica podcast is a Stupid Fish production and is brought to you by... Best Women's Erotica of the Year, Volume just 7. shove me,
2: bully handcuff me, hover above me. Bully just touch me, bully just clutch me. Gently or roughly, make me feel something. Bully just love me, bully just shove me. Bully handcuff me, hover above me. Bully just touch me, make me feel something. Bully just me.
0: stupid fish. Biatch! <laughs> <laughs>